Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome to the water cooler, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a great weekend. Glad to be back in the anchor chair after some time off in Florida. It's Monday, June 21st, 2021. We begin with the newsmaker of newsmakers, President Donald J. Trump. The 45th president of the United States is with us on the water cooler today. He may not be sitting in the Oval Office, but you can easily make the argument that he's just as influential today. Here's our interview with the president. Mr. President, uh, we've known each other over a decade. Uh, we've interviewed countless times. It really is an honor to have you on the water cooler today. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you, David. Thank you. I want to start with something you told Sean Hannity uh, last week. The headlines were about how you admitted defeat in the 2020 election when you said we didn't win. Is that an accurate headline? Did, did you admit defeat? I just want to understand that. No, I never admitted defeat. We have a lot of things happening right now. I think that that was an election that was, I don't think, all you have to do is read the newspapers and see what's coming out now. No, I never, the word is concede. I have not conceded. Right. So I want to ask you about uh, Georgia and uh, Arizona, the audit going out there. What should happen in your mind if Arizona and Georgia come back with fully verified evidence of voter fraud? That, what do you think should happen? Well, I think they will come back with that. And I think uh, other states are also going to come back with that. And it's going to be uh, determined what's going to happen. That's not up to me. That's up to the public. That's up to a lot of people, I guess. But uh, if the election was determined to be a fraud, and it's looking more and more like that uh, is the case, I mean, people are going to have to make a determination as to what's going to happen. Right. So I want to clarify something, because I have to tell you, and I, the last time I checked, I don't want to listen to the mainstream media. Uh, their headlines are ridiculous. There is talk out there uh, by a certain segment of the MAGA faithful. They truly believe you're going to be somehow reinstated in August. There's actually a poll out, a morning console poll that says 30 percent of American, or excuse me, 30 percent of Republicans uh, actually think that as well. So can you set the record straight? Do you believe you could be potentially reinstated at that point? What's your view? Well, just so you understand, there is a large, I've been seeing those same polls. They're not my polls. They're polls taken by, I guess, media and others. And uh, there is a tremendous percentage, much higher than that, that think the election was rigged and stolen. And uh, I, don't, uh, I don't speak for other people. I can only tell you what I say. And, you know, frankly, this isn't unique because uh, Hillary Clinton went around saying it. And uh, Stacey Abrams is still saying about her race in uh, Georgia. So this is nothing that's totally unique. But I will say that uh, in this case, uh, there was uh, they had no evidence. In this case, there's massive evidence. It's coming out of Georgia. It's coming out. I mean, just take a look at what's happening. Read the papers. Now, a lot of the mainstream media, in fact, almost all of it, refuses to cover it. And uh, they, why? I don't know. It's all Pulitzer Prize material. But they refuse to cover it. But you take a look at the uh, numbers coming out of Arizona. Now, they're doing an audit right now. I have nothing to do with the audit. The audit is uh, is taking place. It's the state Senate. 
And I think they're great patriots, frankly, if you want to know the truth. But the state senator of Arizona, they're doing an audit. I don't know when it's going to be released, the numbers, but I would imagine they'd be very revealing. And Georgia, likewise, and Pennsylvania is, uh, I, from what I heard, starting an audit because they've found things that they are not happy with. No, these numbers, I think, are going to prove to be massive. Yeah, but what about the reinstatement part? Is that is that bogus? Well, is that... I'm not going to comment on that. I'm going to just see yeah. what happens. If okay. uh, the election was fraudulent, uh, people are going to have to make up their own minds. It's not going to be up to me. It's going to be up to uh, the public. It's going to be up to perhaps politicians. I don't think there's ever been a case like this where hundreds of thousands of votes will be found. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. Okay, fair enough. Uh, on 2024, you've always been asked these 2024 questions. I know you're getting tired of it. So there's been talk now about you becoming Speaker of the House in 2022. Is that something that you would seriously even consider? Or can you say right here, right now, that you don't have any interest in that? Well, I've heard the talk, and it's getting more and more. Uh, but uh, it's not something that I would have uh, considered but it is certainly there's a lot of talk about it. I have a good relationship with Kevin, and uh, hopefully we will do everything traditionally. But uh, the uh, the election was a, a, a horrible, horrible thing for our country. The whole world is watching, and it's been a horrible. You know, we were always known for free and fair elections. Well, it turns out they weren't uh, free and they weren't fair, and the world is watching. So I, I have seen talk about that, but it's nothing that I've ever considered. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, on 2024, by the way, here, here's my take, and I, I'm curious to get your take. Would it be accurate to say that if a supermajority of the candidates that you're supporting right now, if they win in, in the midterms and Republicans take back the House and the Senate, uh, that would make it more likely that you would run at that point? Is that true? What, what do you think? No, I don't think so, but I think that's what is going to happen. My endorsements have meant a lot. We're almost undefeated, very close to undefeated, and hundreds and hundreds of endorsements, uh, people win. Uh, we just had the Republican Party chair in North Carolina and in uh, Georgia and other places. We just had congressional candidates. But, I mean, hundreds of endorsements. And our record is, I think, unmatched anywhere at any time. So I'm working to gain the majority first. And I think it would be, I think it's very important that we do that. I don't know that would have any impact on my decision, however. What would have that impact on your decision? What, what's going through your mind on that? A lot of people want to know. Well, I think I'm just looking at uh, what's going on. I'm very unhappy with what's going on. I look at the border where people are coming in by the millions. It's going to be by the millions very soon. Mm -hmm. It already is. Uh, and I look at uh, other things, how our country is really, it's America last. I was America first. I look at it, and I see what's happening, and I'm not happy about it. So we'll, we'll make that decision, and I think people will be very happy with the decision I make. I know there's a lot of people uh, that have been talking about you running in 2024. Uh, and you, look, you, you know the deal. There's a lot of people talking about Ron DeSantis and the job he's doing in Florida. What are your thoughts about DeSantis running in 2024? What do you think of that? I think Ron's very good. I endorsed him, and uh, when I endorsed him, he went up like a rocket ship. He understands that, <laughs> and he's doing a good job. We have a number of people that are doing a very good job. Ron's a friend of mine. He's been, he's been great, and uh, we have. Uh, I just endorsed, as you know, the governor of Texas for that race, and uh, we have a lot of other endorsements out there. We have some great people in the Republican Party.
You know, I don't want to listen to the New York Times. They always like to write about the relationship between you and Mike Pence. Can, can you explain that to us right now? There's a portion of the MAGA crowd. You know the deal. They're never going to forgive uh, the vice president for not kicking uh, those certain disputed election results back to uh, state legislatures. What's your, what's your take on Mike Pence and, and, and how, uh, what's the relationship like? Well, I've uh, always liked Mike, and I'm very disappointed that he didn't send it back to the legislatures. When you have more votes than you have voters in some cases, and when you have the kind of things that are uh, that were known in many cases, they were known then, but they're certainly getting better and better known now. Uh, I was disappointed that he didn't send it back. I felt he had the right to send it back, and uh, he should have sent it back. Uh, that's my opinion. And I think if he did, I think those legislators, look at Pennsylvania now, look at, look at Georgia, look at uh, Arizona, and look at others. They're all now looking at what happened during that election. I think you would have found that uh, you might very well have a different president right now had he sent him back. Interesting. Listen, you're going to hold a rally in the Cleveland area this coming weekend. You're uh, going to support a candidate who is taking on someone, that Congressman Anthony Gonzalez, who voted to impeach you. Is this like a, a revenge tour across the country for you? How do you see it? No, I just don't think Gonzalez is good. I don't think he represents the people. I think he's uh, not somebody that uh, uh, thinks the way I do and others do. And frankly, I think that the uh, young man running against him, Max Miller, is is excellent. I worked with him for a long time at the White House. He comes from the area. He was brought up in the area. He loves Ohio. He loves that particular spot, and he is going to do well. I mean, I've, he's been doing very well, I can tell you that. No, I'm not a fan of Gonzalez. Let me ask you about, uh, you know, the evangelicals. They support you so much uh, across this country. What's your message to them right now? They see a culture slipping away to wokeness, this critical race theory, transgender terminology. Now it's like birthing people. Uh, what in the world? Uh, so what is it going to take to wake up the church here in America, Mr. President? Well, the evangelicals have been better even now after the election because they see what's happening. They're being affronted of, on every single thing that they stand for and represent. Uh, when Biden went in, he didn't say all of the things that were happening. You look at religion, generally speaking, uh, what's going on now with this administration, this was not what was discussed during debates and, and during anything else. I mean, nobody ever thought this was possible, not only on religion, on the border, on uh, Second Amendment, on everything else you can think of. But including God and including life and including many other topics, it's uh, it, this was never nobody ever thought this is a Bernie Bernie Sanders times 10. Nobody ever thought what's happening to our country could be happening to our country and the evangelicals and and Christians generally. You take a look at what's happening. Christians generally are feeling that way, and they're feeling that way very strongly, much more so now, because now they're actually seeing things happen. And, you know, I have a Supreme Court that gave a very good ruling the other day, as you know, uh, but, but having to do with Christianity and having to do with religion. I mean, it was a great ruling. But, uh, you know, I was fortunate we got three Supreme Court justices approved, almost 300 federal judges. And, you know, we've done a job, but nobody thought what was happening now could be happening. Nobody thought it was possible. Yeah, I want to get to that Supreme Court, one of the Supreme Court decisions in just a moment. Uh, on Biden, I remember, look, you were right during the campaign. I remember 
during the campaign, you said Joe Biden was against God. And now we have the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. They're looking at denying uh, him as a Catholic communion, even Pelosi. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, it's pretty unusual. It's, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with them. It's pretty unusual, his, uh, his stance on everything. They would have been a lot better off had I won this election, that, that I can tell you, because uh, very few, if anybody, has ever done what I've done in terms of the subject that you're talking about and the subject that you represent so well. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Trump, let me ask you a little bit about those Supreme Court picks. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, they ruled with the liberals just recently in favor of saving Obamacare. What, what did you think of that, uh, about what they did? Disappointed, and that's the way it goes. I'm very disappointed. I fought very hard for them, but I was very disappointed with a number of their rulings. Yeah. Uh, does it make you uh, second-guess uh, some of those picks, or, or, off, or time will tell? No. Second-guessing does no good. But I was, uh, I was disappointed with a number of rulings that they made. For sure. Uh, by the way, later this month, you're going to be going down to the border uh, in Texas with Governor Greg Abbott. If you had a few minutes to speak with Kamala uh, Harris about the immigration situation, what would you tell her? Uh, because, after all, Joe Biden put her in charge of the crisis. Uh, by the way, they don't even call it a crisis. I'd say go back to what we were doing. It worked. Not so easy to get back there, however. I had to go through court cases, litigation. We had to win a lot. And uh, stay in Mexico was a very big deal. And we got that, and we got all the other things, and now it's all been uh, blown up. And you have millions of people coming into our country, just in case you're not aware of it, millions of people. And many of those people come out of prisons. They allow them to come out of prisons and other places. Uh, what's happening on our border is beyond a crisis. And maybe they won't call it a crisis, but it's beyond a crisis. I've got to ask you here at the end, there's a lot of faithful, uh, not just Trump supporters, but obviously faithful Americans who have lost uh, hope uh, in this country. Uh, what, what do you tell them? How do you, how do you have them keep the faith through these tough times? I tell them to stay tuned. Now, what does that mean? You, I have to ask you a follow-up on that, Mr. President. <laughs> stay tuned? That's all I get? That's all you get. That's what you get. And it's, uh, we'll see what happens. Our country is, uh, is in crisis. And we are, what's happening with other countries, they're eating our lunch. They're destroying our country at the border and elsewhere. Yeah. So stay tuned. Let's see what happens. Fair enough. And in terms Thank of you, David, very much, David. Mr. President, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You All take right. care of yourself. That Bye. is Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, uh, hitting on a whole range of issues. And we will come back and discuss that uh, with Nan Hayworth and Eric Greitens and a whole lot more on the water cooler when we come back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Had Donald Trump on at the top of the show. Once again, if you go to the Real America's Voice app, you can check it out there. Go to justthenews.com. You can go to the Real America's Voice website as well. It's everywhere. Trust me, it'll be everywhere. Uh, especially uh, because uh, in the, during the interview, he said, I have not conceded 
those are Donald Trump's words. I have not conceded. Can you imagine Chuck Todd and and uh, Chris Cuomo when they get a load of what what, what he said there? They're going to need Alka Seltzer and Tums, and it's going to need to be a double shot. Um, here, here's some other stuff he said during the interview. It was about evangelicals. He's very concerned about the culture and about the pro-life movement and all of that. But he, but here's the deal. I've, I must have interviewed him over 20 times now, uh, and many times that I've interviewed him throughout the years, we've talked specifically about the Bible and what God means to him. And I know, insert your joke, ha ha, Trump and the Bible and God. But I want you to see a little bit of these uh, excerpts from over the years, starting way back in, with my first interview with Donald Trump in April of 2011. Talk to me a little bit about how you see God. Well, I believe in God. I am Christian. Uh, I believe very strongly in God. I think that um, the Bible certainly is one of, if not, I mean, it is the book. It is the thing. I was. Uh, raised, and I gave you a picture just now, and perhaps you'll use that picture. I found it from a long time ago. First Presbyterian Church of Jamaica, Queens. That's where I went to church. I'm a Protestant. I'm a Presbyterian. Do you actively go to church, or is that something that is more just when, when you can? Right. Well, I go as much as I can, always on Christmas, always on Easter, mm -hmm. uh, always when there's a major occasion. And during the, during the Sundays, I'm a Sunday church person, I'll go when I can. I understand a lot of people send you Bibles. Is that true? Well, I get sent Bibles by a lot of people. Where yes. are all those Bibles anyhow now? <laughs> well, actually, we, we keep them in a certain place, a very, very nice place. But people send me Bibles. There's no way I would ever do anything to do negative to a Bible. So what we do is we keep all of the Bibles. We just, I would have a fear of, of doing something other than very positive. Tell me a little bit. You mentioned in the speech just now about this note from what? What your note from your mom in the Bible? Yeah, Tell me about you this. know, I was speaking to the group, and the group is a uh, a group that truly believes in what is in this book. And I, I have my Bible, and I thought I'd bring it. And it was written. This was written by my mother, and it says presented to Donald Trump on his graduation from the primary department by the Sunday Church School of First Presbyterian Church, Jamaica, New York. And it's amazing. And uh, all written out sort of like uh, so that I always know it's mine. But it was special. And I, I open it and I look at that a lot. Actually, it's an incredible book. So many things you can learn from the Bible and you can lead your life. And I'm not just talking in terms of religion. I'm talking in terms of leading a life mm -hmm. even beyond a religion. There's so many brilliant things in the Bible. and. You can read it over, and many people have done this, and they've led their life that way, but you can read it hundreds and hundreds of times. You know, David, they say great art, like the Mona Lisa. Some people, they look at it, and it doesn't look as great at the beginning, and then they'll look at it. By the time they see it many, many times, it becomes the most, they can't take their eyes off it. Mm -hmm. Whereas art that's not great, you look at it, it looks beautiful at the beginning, but you don't, you get tired of it. The Bible is special. The Bible, the more you see it, the more you read it, the more incredible it is and the more you realize. It's like a great, you, you could say, I mean, I don't like to use this analogy, but like a great movie, a great, incredible movie. Mm -hmm. You'll see it once, it'll be good. You'll see it again. You can see it 20 times and every time you'll appreciate it more. The Bible is the most special thing. Tell me about God. When I say God, tell me about God. What do you, 
who is God to you? What, what, what are some of your thoughts on this? Clearly, you're a smart man, you're a smart businessman. You've contemplated this before, or how, have you contemplated well, it? I'd say God is the ultimate. You know, you look at this, you look at this incredible, here we are in the Pacific Ocean. Mm -hmm. How did I ever own this? I bought it 15 years ago. I made one of the great deals, they say, ever, this piece of land. I have no mortgage on it, as you, I will certify and represent to you. We'll see that. And I was able to, you know, buy this and make a great deal. That's what I want to do for the country, make great deals. We have to, we have to bring it back. But God is the ultimate. I mean, God created this. Yeah. And, you know, here's the Pacific Ocean right behind us. So, uh, nobody, no thing, no, there's nothing like God. I am a Christian. I'm a Protestant. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a total believer. I believe in the Bible. I believe in God. Uh, and I think I will help them so much with this country. You know, it's very interesting. A couple of uh, ministers and pastors and I thought it was accurate, I shouldn't say this to you, but I thought it was pretty good. They said, you know, he may not be perfect, but he's absolutely the best leader, and he's absolutely the best guy to take this country out of the morass. Mm. So he is a religious guy, he does believe, he may not be perfect, but in terms of running the country, he's perfect. I will do a great job. And they said, and therefore we support him. Mm. And these were ministers and respected people and pastors. And I think there's a lot of truth to what they said. Donald Trump over the years with me, I've done over 20 interviews with him. <laughs> I love that. God's the ultimate. By the way, check out this golf course. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just makes me laugh. Oh, and I love the Bible. I would never do anything negative to a Bible. I would be afraid to do anything negative to a Bible. Back in a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Water Cooler, everybody. I appreciate President Donald J. Trump joining us here on the Water Cooler at the top of the show. Uh, I, we, there's so much to get to, and I've got a lot of analysis in my brain as, as I'm kind of thinking about this in real time. But first, I want to get to Eric Reitens, who is uh, running for Senate. You may have heard that in Missouri, uh, U.S. candidate for Senate. Uh, Eric, great to have you on the show, sir. Absolutely. Great to be on with you, David. Fantastic interview with the president. Well, I appreciate it. I'm curious to get your take. I mean, you know him. Uh, you know, this is the 23rd, I believe, the 23rd interview I've done with him. I've seen all different sides of him. Uh, today, I got a sense uh, in this interview is a serious side. Uh, it was the time is money side, uh, for sure. Uh, and, and he seemed to have more of an economy of words today. Normally, he would just ramble for a while about certain topics, but not today. He seemed much more targeted in in, in many of his comments. What was your take on some of what he said? Look, uh, my take is that the president is still fighting. He's doing exactly what the American people want, and particularly on these questions about the election, David. I thought that was really good that you had a chance to get into a deep conversation with the president on that. I was just down with Real America's Voice at the Arizona election audit myself. 
There's some incredible patriots who are down there getting to the ground truth of what happened in Arizona. And you saw the president affirm multiple times that he wants to see and he's ready to see those results, which I think are going to be coming possibly even this week. Uh, you know, the big picture in Arizona is that if at the end of this count, if they don't have the ballots, then they don't have the victory. Uh, I think because of the reporting that you've seen from Just the News and other places, John Solomon and his team digging into what happened in Georgia, I think you're going to end up seeing a freight train of audits moving. The president commented on that. I think you're going to see audits in Georgia and Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania as people demand to get to the ground truth about what really happened in the 2020 election. You know, Eric, uh, I think some of the news that, that he made in the interview today is that first question. I mean, I, I wanted to get him to clarify some of the headlines that came out of the Hannity interview where he said the quote, we didn't win, and everybody took that as, well, therefore Trump is admitting defeat. And he said, quote, I never admitted that. I, I think that'll generate some headlines. I thought that was interesting that he, that he did that. Absolutely. Look, I, the fact is the president is still fighting, and what he's fighting for is the truth. He's fighting for what the American people want. He referenced the fact that America used to be renowned for free and fair elections, and that's what we need to have in this country. Uh, we're never in America going to have 100% of people agree on who should be elected, but we should have a situation and a system where 100% of Americans can have faith and confidence in our elections. And one of the things that you also touched on the, in the interview that I think was so important, David, was the way that the mainstream media has failed to cover what's happening in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, even though the mainstream media isn't covering more and more evidence of election fraud, even though they're not covering the Arizona audit in the way that Real America's Voice is, more and more Americans actually believe today that there were significant and serious problems in the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. And what you're seeing there really is part of a pattern. You know, you look back at the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, you had the mainstream media pushing lies about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax for years. And anyone who dared to doubt it, anyone who was investigating Hillary Clinton and the Christopher Steele dossier, they labeled a conspiracy theorist. Well, it turned out that the right was right. Uh, you think about the Hunter Biden story, which I know you've covered on the water cooler and the way that you had all of these leftists come out before the election and say, anybody who's digging into this, this is part of a foreign intelligence operation. Mm -hmm. Again, the facts have come out, the right was right. And even recently, with the whole origins of the coronavirus, they wanted to label everyone as a conspiracy theorist who thought that it might have come from the Chinese lab in Wuhan. Well, now that exact same pattern is repeating itself with the election. Anyone who questioned the results, the mainstream media, the propaganda press labeled them conspiracy theorists. But now more and more evidence is coming out. And that's why so many people want to see these thorough audits conducted as they're being conducted in America.
you know, that's such a great point. I'm glad you brought up the media because I got to tell you, you can add something else to that list. That whole Trump photo shoot at the church, you know, with the protesters right. and that that also the media proved wrong. I, I got I can't out this person here on national television, but I was having a text conversation with a major national news anchor at one of the networks uh, over the weekend. I sent him the Georgia uh, breaking news, uh, what's happened in Fulton County by John Solomon. I sent him the link. I said, where's the mainstream media on this? Why aren't they covering this? And he said, huh, kind of interesting, but there really doesn't seem to be any there there. And I'm saying, why don't you go win a Pulitzer Prize? Go win a Pulitzer Prize and figure it out. Here's my point, Eric. If the media is wrong about X, Y, and Z, like you've just pointed out, it's going to make people wonder about the 2020 election even more. Is that going to be the next shoe to drop? That is exactly right, David. That's why everybody is tuning in. And you're so right to point out what you know. You just talked about where there was this big mainstream media lie where they said that President Trump cleared Lafayette Square for a photo op, and they talked about this for weeks, and it turned out to be absolutely false. It's just another example of the way the mainstream media has consistently lied about President Trump, about his team, about others who are fighting for the America First movement. And that is exactly why, David, so many people are turning into the water cooler. It's why they're looking at Real America's voice. It's why they're they're getting their news from just the news, yeah. because they want to get the real facts. And fortunately, in this country, we still have courageous journalists, a few of them, like John Solomon and his team, who are digging into the facts. And what they're finding is more and more evidence of election fraud. The statistical yeah. case, by the way, that there was major fraud in the election, I believe is overwhelming. I've made that point a number of times. Right. And it's why it's so important that we have patriots dig in and demand full audits like they're doing in Maricopa County. Uh, Eric, I've got less than a minute left, but I want to ask you about your relationship with President Trump. Uh, you, you know him. You spent some time with him. Uh, how, how would you characterize it, and what does it mean for your campaign? Because it's, uh, uh, you're running a very important campaign out in Missouri. You know, uh, we are fighting for the people of Missouri, and we are honored to have so many of President Trump's strongest fighters on our team, folks like Kimberly Guilfoyle, Rudy Giuliani, Seb Gorka, Dennis Prager, Jesse Jane Duff, Pastor Daryl Scott. They've all joined the team because I'm the America First candidate in this race who's willing to stand up and fight for the people of Missouri. Very nice. Eric Greitens, great to see you, sir. Uh, miss you back here in D.C., but good luck out there, sir. Thank you, David. Great to see you. All right. Uh, Eric Greitens with us, uh, U.S. Senate candidate in Missouri. Uh, we'll see how he does in the primary and then a potentially, the, well, potentially, I guess, the general election. Once again, the Donald Trump interview, uh, you can, if you have the Real America's Voice app, you can uh, watch it there again. You can go to uh, the website at Real America's Voice. You can also check it out at justthenews.com. So many different places to check it out. You can go to my personal website. No, I don't have it on my personal website. Uh, but we are going to talk to Nan Hayworth uh, next, former U.S. Congresswoman, about the interview. And I want to get her take as I look at some of my notes here. Uh, he specifically said he was very disappointed. Those were the words he used. Very disappointed in Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett when it came to Obamacare. And also, I thought it was interesting, he did not want to comment about the reinstatement uh, portion of it uh, because he wants to see how Fulton County clearly is going to play out in Arizona and all of that. Probably a smart move on his part. We're back in a moment with Nan Hayward. 
Welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. We're dissecting the interview uh, we did at the top of the show with President Donald J. Trump. Uh, a lot of news in the interview, including, uh, as I, and I listen, this is real news here. I'm going to read you the quote. I'm not going to just start paraphrasing. He said, quote, I never admitted that uh, when he was at, when I asked him specifically whether or not he admitted defeat uh, in the 2020 election. Apparently, those were the headlines coming out of the Sean Hannity interview last week. And he said, quote, I never admitted that. So uh, let's get uh, Nan Hayward's take, uh, regular here on the water cooler, former U.S. Congresswoman. Uh, Nan, great to have you back on the show. David, uh, wonderful to be with you and a great privilege after an important interview because uh, President Trump also followed up the comment you just quoted with, I haven't conceded. That's right. That's exactly right. Which is, which is, uh, an even greater magnification of that comment. Uh, mm -hmm. Very striking, very striking. And you know what? I understand why uh, President Trump would say that, David, when we see, and of course you and he talked about it, but the um, continually developing uh, post-mortem evidence that chain of custody uh, for ballots in Georgia uh, was enormously flawed. If you don't have chain of custody, if you don't know how ballots have been handled, if you don't know exactly where they've been, who has touched them, where they've been processed, uh, how can you declare those, val those ballots valid? Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. And then it makes you wonder about his demeanor during the interview, because I felt it was it was it was very interesting to, you know, I'm kind of putting him on the Dr. Phil couch a little bit. Uh, I got the sense there that he was reserved when talking about this, because I think he really wants to see this this uh, process play out. And he doesn't want to uh, interject anything at this point. Let's see where it goes with Arizona and Georgia, because he seemed to defer as to what the next steps would be based on what the results are going to be in those two states and maybe others. Yes, David, and I think that's that's prudent on President Trump's part. Um, as you noted, uh, it, it's remarkable how so many of the vehement challenges to uh, his uh, campaign in 2016, to his validity as a candidate, to his... Uh, presidency, you know, all of the ways in which this man was politically persecuted by uh, the uh, Democrats, of course, uh, and they are the party of government, so they know exactly which levers to pull against conservatives, and they do it all the time. They are doing it now. Uh, and by the dominant media, who are their propaganda apparatus, now state media for the Biden administration. Uh, this president has been proven right in so many ways uh, about things that happened prior to November 2020. So doesn't that lead us to keep a very open mind about his assertions about the uh, integrity of the 2020 election? You know, that's such a good point. And I remember back in the day, he was laughed at when he said, my phones have been tapped at Trump Tower. My phones have been tapped. And people were like, ha ha, that's hilarious. It's like a Get Smart with, uh, you know, that 1970s show. Wait, hold on. Guess what? He, he was right. They were being tapped. Right. We know that. Anyhow, I can't get back into that. I, that's just. Uh, no, you're right, David. You're right. You're right. The IRS targeting conservative groups. 
uh, after the Tea Party election. And don't imagine, we all know that that did take a lot of steam uh, out of that movement. You know, when you're fighting off uh, government bureaucrats trying to shut you down, that takes time and energy. Democrats know that. Uh, and, and they do use government as a weapon against their adversaries. President Trump was their most formidable adversary, probably ever, on behalf of the American people. Uh, so I, I, yeah. I, I admire his uh, restraint in that regard, and I think that's good. I think, you know, we'll see what the evidence shows, but certainly I, I think the evidence is going to support, at the very least, uh, the kinds of distinctive measures that Republicans are championing, Democrats are opposing, yeah. uh, to make voting easy and safe and fair with integrity. For sure. I thought he was actually very disciplined uh, during the interview. He would not, he didn't want to comment on the whole reinstatement stuff, which I, honestly I thought was probably smart on his right. par part. I mean, I had to ask the question journalistically uh, because it's been out there and, and he just didn't want to go there, which is disciplined on, on his behalf and also on Ron DeSantis. I mean, he could have, you know, DeSantis is climbing up in the polls. He's kind of like the golden child right now and he could have taken a swipe. He didn't do that. So I, th I thought it was actually pretty, pretty disciplined. What about um, on the Supreme Court? situation. I, I asked him about uh, Kevin on Amy Coney Barry. He said disappointed, very, very disappointed. But he was also, he also didn't want to just go on a tirade there either. No. no, David, and note well that he said, look, I, I'm not going to, re in fact, I'm not going to relitigate uh, my nominations of these justices. Really what it proves, David, is that they truly were independent uh, justices. And that's actually what the nation should have. Uh, I too disagree with uh, the way in which Justices Barrett and Kavanaugh considered uh, California versus Texas. Uh, I think once you eliminate the individual mandate, which was adjudicated carefully by then Chief Justice Roberts, still Chief Justice, in 2012 as a tax, uh, right? And that was what kept the, the whole thing uh, valid, that they, you know made the law tenable. Uh, once you eliminate that, uh, you know, frankly, the thing does fall apart. But, you know, they're, they are independent. And kudos to President Trump for choosing uh, really, I, I'd have to say, quite prudently. Yeah, I will say he did mention, uh, as it relates to some other topic, talking about a little bit about Kevin McCarthy and the whole thing about running for House Speaker, or I say running, becoming House Speaker in 2022. Th though he didn't, yeah. he didn't seem like he really was into it at all. Uh, he did say, he used the word traditionally. He wanted to keep it traditional, uh, which uh, suggests to me that he, he doesn't even have any desire to do that. And I never thought he did. I, I don't think you ever thought he had any desire to do that, right? It, you know, it, it, having been in the House, I learned, uh, David, to my surprise at the time, that yes, the uh, House can elect uh, the Speaker of its choice. The Speaker does not have to be a member of the House. Uh, so President Trump would be a perfectly valid candidate. Uh, but it would be, uh, I don't think it's a role that, that he wants for, for many reasons. It's a uh, uh, you know, he's a president. He's he's not a speaker of the house. So yeah, for, for I'm not surprised with that. <laughs> yeah. For sure. As we as we uh, wrap up, I got about 30 seconds. What do you think uh, regarding his comments on the wokeness and the critical race theory? I mean, he's clearly concerned about the culture uh, out there. He is, David. His his election. You know, he ran as we know a very bold campaign, very emphatic, but embracing all Americans 
with a set of common values. And those are being attacked as we speak today. He was a champion for those values for all Americans, regardless of identity, regardless of where they lived, uh, it, it, regardless of their socioeconomic class. That was a true patriot. And I'm glad to hear his voice with you on this show today. And I'm sure we'll be hearing much more. For sure. Nan Hayworth, always great to see you. Thanks for being here on a Monday again. It's like it's a Nan Hayworth Monday. We need a coupon or something. So <laughs> thanks, Nan. Well, it's a privilege. Thank you. Thank All right. And Madison, that's what we need to do. We need to have a Nan Hayworth coupon at the water cooler, like $5 off your next visit to, I don't know, Wendy's. That's a lot of money, actually. How about just a free smoothie or whatever it is? Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. By the way, uh, what's very interesting during this uh, Donald Trump interview we did today, and Ann Hayworth pointed it out, it's true. He did say the words, I went back and checked the transcript, I have not conceded. That's what he said. I have not conceded. Now, I think what he's trying to do there is, is make the differentiate between saying what he said to Sean Hannity, where he said, we didn't win, and I have not conceded, because he said the word is conceded, I have not conceded. So you can, I guess in his mind, you cannot we, we didn't win, as in because he's not in the White House, but that doesn't mean he's conceded as he's waiting for Fulton County and Arizona. I, I'm not quite sure. We'll have to get some follow-up on that for sure. But uh, anyhow, here's Joe Weber. That, that was interesting. Very, I don't know. Very, uh, yeah. Well, it's going to make some headlines for sure. Indeed, Will, yes. What Numerous else? ones. Numerous. What else is making headlines, Joe? Well, um, I think everybody knows tomorrow, big New York City mayoral primary. Yes. It's got a lot of attention and maybe in the conservative media because I think everyone thinks, oh, you know, all the candidates are going to get in this top four ranked choice um, final um, election. Mm -hmm. We're going to be Democrats, so why bother? But there's a couple things I think that people should be taking interest in. Um, crime, again, like it was in the 2020 elections, it's going to be a big factor here, mm -hmm. defunding the police, right? And the Republican candidate, uh, the top one, uh, Curtis Slewa, remember him oh, yeah. from the Guardian Angels, the Red Cap, 19, well. late 1970s. He went into New York City when the subways and there was a lot of crime there. His that. unit, his brigade. Well, he's back, right? And what's interesting is that he's really not getting any traction here. And it's mm -hmm. odd when you really think about the fact that Rudy Giuliani won as a mm -hmm. Republican, right? Mm -hmm. And he was a get tough on crime, the broken window theory, right? And then Bloomberg, he was a Republican. So it's not unlikely that a Republican could win. But he's struggling to get a little bit of traction here really quick. The top three, yeah. uh, Eric Adams, the former NYPD captain, he's kind of you know, captured that a little bit of that get tough on crime. Sure. Then you have Andrew Yang in second place. Mm -hmm. And then this is what the polling is showing now. And then Catherine Garcia, the former um, commissioner of sanitation, she's in third. But Who did AOC go for? She, she didn't go for any of those, right? No, not at all. Yes. That's the point. That's and so we're seeing once again the progressive and this defund the police. And then, you know, I need to get police back. We need to get the city safe again. Because, you know, as it goes, as crime goes, so goes New York City. 100%. Now, yeah. I, I, listen, I, I grew up there. I know what you're talking about. I, I grew up there in the 70s, the son of Sam 70s. So I know oh what you're goodness. talking about. Yeah, well, that's right around the time Mr. Slewa came in. That's came right. Into... Now he's got a radio show and everything, doesn't he? He well, does. He's had a radio yeah. show for One last time. thing, right. As a child, mm -hmm. he did look. Delivered newspapers for the New York Daily News. He was paper boy of the year. Is I'm very right? envious of that. That is the stat of the day right there. <laughs> Trivia from Joe Weber. All right, what else you got, Jennifer? Um, I think that another interesting story that's coming out here, a little not getting a lot of play, but Huma Abedin is coming out with a uh, memoir, right? That'll be interesting. Right, you know, do November 2nd uh, out on Simon & Schuster's uh, Scribner imprint, 
mm -hmm. right? So here we have this woman who has been associated with the Clintons since she was an intern in the White when they were in the White House, right? She's always been Hillary Clinton's chief of staff for a brief time. She was deputy chief of staff at the Secretary of State, but right in the Senate, in the State Department, mm -hmm. in the campaign. And still now, right? So That's what you right. have, she was married to Anthony Weiner. Everybody knows know him, disgraced congressman, married in 2010, 2011. The, the uh, sexting first comes out, 2016 it comes out again. But here's what happens again, right? So you know James Comey started the FBI investigation into whether Hillary Clinton was use of a private server in the secretary, as Secretary of State was a problem, right? He closes that. So August 29 is the sexting thing again for Weiner, right? And October 29, they find, or in between that period, they find an email that might have been connected when they're looking at Weiner's server, I mean, his laptop in regard to that. So it comes back, he opens, he reopens the investigation October 29. Can you imagine that? That was just, what, six, seven days? Uh, before the presidential election. Right. So, I mean, obviously Hillary had her problems. She didn't go to Wisconsin in the general election. She had some negatives. But right. this was a big deal, and I'm sure, I think a lot of people will be interested if she's going to provide us some insight of really what went on in those right. final days. And that's the thing, if, if she provides the insight. I, yeah. I wonder, well, I mean, I would hope that, I mean, look, if she's going to sell a book, you might want to you say You've got to give things. a little away. Yeah, you got a little bit of kiss and tell there. Yeah, oh, that's very interesting. Uh, we got about, well, we're, look, I'm running out of time. I'm done. As usual. Gosh. Thank you. But Aren't Paperboy you? of the Year. Year, right? <laughs> Can we start a new segment with you? Trivia with Joe Webber. I'm ready for that, yeah. <laughs> paper Boy of the Year. I was Paper Boy of the Year. No, I was never Paper Boy of the I aspired. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> All right, uh, tomorrow on the show, we've got guests. We don't have the president, but we've got big guests all the time on this show. See you Tuesday.